0: We, our Treadmate, lower your iPod and surrender your time. Your enthusiasm and passion for Star Trek will
1: be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Treadmate podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things trick to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack, all hands, oh. battle station. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. All I ask is a tall ship and a star steer by. I don't want excuses. I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? What do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate date 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Just that? Oh! <laughs> Hello! Hello! Everybody good today? Yeah. How many people were at the Klingon party last night? Oh. How many people are still in bed on the Klingon party last night? <laughs> They're not here, but that's okay. Everybody good? Yes! Yeah. Having a good time? Yeah! yeah. Alright, I'm not gonna take any questions today. I'm kidding. Kidding, kidding, kidding. I'm just gonna start. Let's go. Let's go, let's go. Because every time we get to the end of this, it's always like, I don't have enough time to answer all the questions. Yeah. We sang happy birthday last night. Though, so We're happy birthday now. No, no, Go ahead. Um, how easy was it in Quantum League to change between all the different act- characters you had to play? I should talk about that. And when you did that um, with Lord of the Manchin, I've got a friend in the audience who was a big fan of that whole episode. And how was it to sing that whole part and everything like that? Well. I didn't quite understand the first part of the La Mancha question. Um, how was it to play all the different characters? Yes, in no, Quantum I got that part. The one and, about La Mancha. Um, I want to know about doing that whole scene. Can you do a quick rendition? Of uh, the whole show? <laughs> I'd say, yeah, we'll do the whole show today. The um, uh, Going from part to part was in La, Man- in, uh, La Mancha, in Quantum Leap was was challenging mostly when. Um, we had to do things that I had to learn. So if I had to learn to fly, you know, hang upside down on a trapeze, um, that was a challenge. If I had to, the boxing episode was was a challenge. Anything that was a new kind of thing that I'd never done before, all the martial arts things that I had to do over the course of the years. So I would, you know, we'd be shooting a show and I'd be I'd be flying on a trapeze at lunch, or I'd be boxing, having a guy come in to teach me, you know, some kind of uh, taekwondo. I mean, kind routine. So that was the hardest part. The the pregnancy episode was a challenge because it was so unusual. It's not something you do in acting class, you know, but I I always tell people that you should start thinking outside the box because you never know when you're going to need to do things like that. But, you know, Sam Beckett was always Sam Beckett In inside of every story. He was always the same guy. I had a different approach to different stories and I changed it as we got into the fifth season certainly when we got to meet Harvey Oswald and things like that, there's some new things kind of crept in. But but the idea of who Sam was stayed in every situation. I think that was the joy of the show, is that I Sam Beckett carried his philosophy and his life approach into every experience. Um, it was just every experience was different, so that was great. The La Mancha stuff I love, you know, I'm a musical theater guy. Um, I kind of pushed for that idea when I heard they were talking about it. And we uh, we had the best time. Somebody asked me just a minute ago at the signings, they said, did you do the whole show? I said, no, we, did that. we built the whole set, but we just did part of the show. And Don Belisario directed that episode, which was also pretty great because he created the show. And I think he directed, I don't mean, know if Don directed any other episodes besides that, but that was pretty special because he wanted to be a part of that. And John Cullen was in that episode. He was a hero of mine on Broadway, so it was really fun to get to meet him. So La Mancha was fun. How about I hold the singing till the end? Should we do that, or do you want, or do you want something from La Mancha now? You have a friend here who was in the La Mancha? Yeah. He's a big fan. He have got some pictures signed from from the episode from you. Oh, oh, really? Okay. Well, I can sing now. I doesn't. Matter. I can sing anytime. <laughs> what do I sing from that show? Uh, let's see. Uh, what? Dulcinea? Is that what somebody said? Yes, you're waving, you're waving Dulcinea? Your name is Dulcinea? No. no. Who has that name? So I'll sing a little bit for that. I have dreamed thee too long, never seen thee, i touched thee, but known thee with all of my heart. Dulcinea. I have sought thee, sunny, dreamy, dull, oh, That's enough for now. Thank, Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I still get asked quite often if I sang on the show, if that was me or somebody else singing, which is always years ago in Los Angeles if anybody saw him. Did anybody see him do launcher? No? Alright, I'll, I'll t- I will tell them that. Yes sir? Scott, we were all good that we didn't get to see you for another three seasons on Enterprise but it was clear looking at performance that you started off a little more awkwardly, more nervously because he was the first captain and then progressed into someone more confident. Did you have any thoughts or even conversations about what would have happened in the next three seasons where you would have taken Captain Archer? First of all, thank you for watching and noticing. I appreciate that. Um, you know, one of the great joys of being out here and, and meeting everybody is, is hearing people's reaction to the work that we do, and I, I really I do appreciate that because um, we were kind of a subtle show, and we were we were going for a different kind of. We had a little bit of a different approach, but the. Fa- You know, the the goal of the show was always to get us to the Federation. And my great gift to the the history of Star Trek was going to be assembling the Federation. So, uh, and we had to kind of hurry that up in the last four episodes, boom, we did it. Um, But it would have been lot more fun and enjoyable for all of us if we could have taken that over the course of a few years and and let that develop. Now 9-11 happened in, in the United States and that actually altered the whole shape of the show and I think for the good the whole uh, Zindi arc and everything that happened there was all directly a result of 9/11 and the writers' feeling that we had to go. We just needed to go there and and express in the in vintage Star Trek fashion, reflect what's going on on our planet and take it somewhere else and, and and experience it that way. So it was an outlet. It was a way to kind of let that out for everybody, the viewers and for all of us. And uh, uh, that got in the middle of our journey. But then our journey got cut short. So the federation, presto, done. Thank you. Yes, all right. Has uh, got just the double header, really. Favorite episode to make and favorite episode to watch. Uh, I-, I really think. Uh, or, you know, in the mirror was probably my... Like, it was just so surreal, that whole experience of recreating the original. Star Trek, the original bridge, the original uniforms—I mean, that's that's where why I'm a Trekkie is because a Bill and all of those guys. So to get to kind of visit that in a twisted, uh, altered state was was really fun, and I and I it really was fun to watch for me too because you know a lot of times you do your thing on a show and you don't see what everybody else is doing, and there were so many messed up. <laughs> completely uh, joyous kind of things that everybody got to do on that show. I love, I love watching that also. Thank you. Wow. Trip was a good one too, I like Yes, hi Scott, you're a great actor man. <laughs> yeah, a question constantly quantum leap. The final episode, mirror Reach, who and what was Elder Barman in your perception? And also, what happened? Who was who? Al the Barnum, portrayed right, by Bruce McGill, the actor. The, the following actor, so Bruce McGill. Yeah. Oh. Who, who was what was Al the to so, Sam Beckett. And also, very quickly, um, what happened to Sam? He's he wants to bed. You will After the show ended, what happened to Sam? Sam's still out there. He's still doing good deeds, Alright? I mean, I think that the great joy of Quantum Leap was that we all have opportunities to be Sam Beckett, right? I mean, there's Sam Beckett in everybody, and I was just an expression of that through Don's writing and all the great writing of the show, but we all have a chance to live in everybody else's shoes every day and experience and offer everybody a hand every day. And uh, that's why I think the show resonates still with people, why it still has life and is still run around the planet all over, I hear it's back here airing all the time. uh, Again, and uh, Sam's still out there. What? The bartender. Well, it depends on your, I guess on what your beliefs are. Uh, in, In many ways, he was Don's father, he was God. He was your perception of God, whomever that may, whomever male or female that may be, uh, energy, whatever you, however you choose to believe. But he was, he was the puppet master. Also, I mean, you can call him a lot of different things. Don never explains a lot of things. He just says go. God says the show is. To, I'm not trying to teach anything. I'm not trying to send a message to anybody, which is complete BS because He is. But, but He always said the show's job is to entertain. Your job is to be. We're entertainers. We're filling people's lives with an hour of all kinds of different things. And if if it's thought provoking and and something comes out of that great but that wasn't the goal but uh, so he would never commit to anybody who that was but it was any one of those you pick one and whatever works for you is who he was go cool. yes hi Scott hello I would like to ask were you invited to play Jonathan Archibald were you one of the cast of actors if so who else was there potentially to play this their role just me <laughs> It was a funny thing. The guys that were running Paramount at the time were the same two guys who'd been running Universal Television when I did Quantum Leap years before. And I was working at Paramount. I, they brought me over in a production deal. I was doing other things for them. I'd done some movies and some other work for them. And I went to them with a the new idea with a friend of mine who wrote Necessary Roughness, and he'd come to me with an idea for a science fiction show. Which, and it was really, really cool. And I said, well, this is a place to do it. These guys, you know, we're all buddies. And so I went, and I pitched it to them, and they said, we can't do that. And I and my, my friend was very disappointed, and they called me a week later, and they said, the reason we can't do the show you're pitching is, b- is because we're doing another Star Trek, and we want you to be a cat. Yeah, which was nice. And the best part of the story is I called my friend, Dave Fuller, and I said, Dave, uh, they don't want to do your show uh, they want me to be the new captain and he said you've got to be the new captain so he's a good guy thank you hi uh, i want to have you feel about the mirror universe storyline and do you feel it's something that should have been explored to a great extent the what storyline the mirror universe <laughs> the, the in the mirror story yeah oh I I thought it was fantastic, I thought it was fantastic. We had so much, you know, really, from the middle of the second season, if you go back and look at it, and I know you guys never do, but if you were to go back and look at it from about the middle of the second season to the very end, I thought we were just like, week after week, we were just, the scripts got better and better and better, and the work was just more exciting, and and, and, and we were just kind of really, Focused and, and really, we weren't any. We weren't became our own show about the middle of the second season, and uh, and, and that's when I thought it really got exciting. Um, and then we took some nice left turns near the end, you know, because we we knew it that was our last year. So it would have been fun to go back and expect we'd had more time, another season. It would have been fun to go back there. It would have been fun to go back there and do a musical. It would have been fun to you know, because I kept saying, how are we going to get to sing on this show? Because I sing on almost everywhere where I go basically, but uh, we never got to sing, but, but we would've, it would have been fun to go back there, I love it. Thanks. Yes, there's some hands in the yes, back too, you gonna have to one to open. Hi Scott. Hello. A lot of fans would have liked uh, Archer to have had the relationship with Paul rather than But well, What do you think about that? Right. Do you think that would have worked, other than you having to uh, do love scenes with jo- Jolene playing on? Yes, well, having you a love scene with Jolene, that would have been tough. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of conversation about that. Uh, uh, did everybody hear the question? Are you guys hear any questions okay? Okay, alright. Um, I felt kind of from the beginning that, that that wasn't character-wise, that wasn't the right thing for Archer to do. Um, Sleeping with your first officer, uh, I I just think is, uh, it doesn't seem very correct. Uh, Certainly, let's say my first officer was a male, right? And nobody would have been asking those questions, but those would have been legitimate questions also. And I just, I don't think that, you know, I, it just didn't feel it didn't feel honest and real to me and I and I thought that the way Jonathan Archer what was in his DNA from his father and from being brought up inside in the burn of this whole world that to then throw that out there you know uh, maybe season six there could have been a, a mistake or, or something could have happened later on, later later on but in the, where we were Stories we were trying to tell, I didn't, it just never made sense to me. And I thought that the, I thought that the audience, the fans, uh, as much as many folks were clamoring for it, ultimately I thought that that would have been a, somewhat of a betrayal yeah. to to both characters actually. And I think it made sense for, for the two of them to be to be in lust and uh, and, and have fun that way. Yeah, I do too. Thank you. Thank you. We'll do a couple more questions here now because the people in the back are getting very angry right now. I just wanted to ask, um, I've heard a lot of other Star Trek actors say that they felt really close to their characters in terms of their personalities and decisions. How similar did you think Jonathan Archer was to your actual personality and beliefs? Archer, he was... That's an interesting question. I felt like we had. I felt like we shared the same kind of enthusiasm and uh, joy, and uh, s- certainly how I think I would feel if I had the opportunity to go out into space. Um, even though he was brought up in the world, still the world was brand new. The universe was brand new to him. So um, if somebody said to me, you're getting to go out in space to meet new life, that even though new life had come to us here, uh, it would be pretty astonishing. So I felt that we shared a certain uh, kind of I, I love the metaphor we used a lot was that, that, that our show was like the wild west. There were, there were no rules, there were no, you know, we made them up as we went. We were, I was kind of the lone sheriff. You know, it was high noon every, every episode and I, we were kind of figuring it out. And, and I love that idea of kind of having to be the, the, the moral center of each episode in a sense. And trying to figure out what was the right thing to do, and, and there were no way to know what that could possibly be. And you, and half the time we didn't know who we were dealing with, what their, what their story was. So he approached everything from a hi, we're from Earth. I hope you love us as much as we love you. Stop shooting at us. Yeah. You know? And I and I think that's how I how I would do it. That's my nature is my first instinct is. Can we all get along? That's just you know. Can we all get along on this planet? Can we all? Could, if we if we encountered folks from other places, I would like to think that our first, my first instinct would be that let's work together. And then if somebody else steps in another direction, then you have to be able to uh, to meet them there. But so that's the, I think what I shared the most with him. Thank you. Thank you. The hating the Vulcans thing, that would be be just one more yes. hand I don't want the people in the front to get mad I'm just curious, really good characters have things that they've come up with specifically to that character. So for example, for you I think it's water polo. And and I it was so good, I actually wondered how much of that was from you, if you brought any, you know, what kind of space you brought to your character, or how much of that was written in. The water polo came from uh, Rick's son is a, was a very very successful water polo player in, in uh, high school and then on in college. So he introduced the water polo aspect to my character. However, I had played water polo as a child, so I understood the game. I knew the game. I have great respect for the game and the people that play. It It's a terribly difficult uh, sport to play, and I thought it was great. It was great to have you know uh, having a hockey stick in the corner or. A, I mean, yeah, it could have been a soccer ball. It could have been a lot of different things, but it was just, it was just unique enough and, and, and different enough that I thought, it, I thought it worked well. A lot of the character was there on the page. Um, they had been working on the script for two years when uh, they approached me with it. Um, they've been writing all their other shows. I, I, I don't know how those guys did it, but Rick and Brandon uh, had just been writing continuously, going to Voyager and finished Deep Space, and, and then they've been working on the new pilot, and. Uh, I, I I thought the pilot episode was fantastic when they showed it to me, and I was, you know, I, I jumped in because of that script, so I thought they did a great job. Thanks. He's right in to the back. Thanks, Scott. Just one what you what, uh, did you get to keep Porthos? Did they get to it feed Porthos? Did you get to keep them? Keep them? No. First of all, I'm going to just say Porthos was a girl in real life so we spent a lot of time figuring how to shoot for those and not give it away which took a lot of time. I did not get to keep Porthos. Porthos was a very big movie star when she came on to do our show. She had a bigger trailer than me, she got to eat lunch by herself, she had her own bowl on the set, it was all good. Um, she was We never had to talk to her, I hardly ever never got to pet her. She was very, very special. There was a movie called Dog and cats or cats and dogs and she was the star of that so uh she doesn't answer my phone calls so no i didn't get to keep her i would have gladly been kept by her but she didn't you know Yes. In the first three seasons of Enterprise, we had the um, mystery of the time-travelling fella. But that was never explained in the fourth season, it went elsewhere. So, as an actor, do you know where that was going and and, and are you able to explain it at all? (laughs) If you could explain it to me, I'd really appreciate it. (laughs) everybody go right from this talk go right to brandon braga's table and ask him that question and tell him i sent you it was explained to me many times and i kept telling them listen i'm an expert on time travel so don't tell me about how to do the time travel stuff I was, uh, the time travel stuff, I mean the good news was we got to mess around with the Suleiman and they were cool. And John was awesome. Um, but that kind of got pushed aside, I cannot deny that. That's a good question and don't ever ask it again. <laughs> yes. Hi Scott. Um, my friend Nick would like to know could the shuttle Endeavour keep up with the Enterprise NX01 on half impulse or even quarter impulse? Let's start with your good friend Mark. Where is your good friend Mark? It's Nick. If he's not here, he doesn't get to ask questions. He's too shy to ask the question? Oh. So you have somebody else ask the smart-ass question. I can't answer that. He's involved. Yeah. I don't know. He's going to shake a hand and say, hello, local 50. What do you think? Yes. No, all right. Okay. I understood that. Not at all. Okay. But, okay. Um, Go ahead. Hi, Scott. I just wanted to ask you, in your opinion, what was the best Star Trek series? So, the original or the next generation or Enterprise and why? Question. Let's see. If I say Bill, then Patrick will be mad. If I say, if I say Jane, then all the boys will be mad. Jane Wayne. Uh, I have to say, Marcia. That way, I've got everybody mad at me, and it's oh, you know. I have to say, Marcia. Came in, uh, the world was introduced to me uh, through Kirk and Spock and Bones, and you know I I absolutely love those guys and what they did and, and that original series um, that that was one of my earliest introductions to sci-fi um, and I was a big sci-fi. Fan guy growing up, but that was one of the things. Never dreaming that I would be standing here, you know, never dreaming that two years ago I would meet William Shatner. Um, it's, it's been, it's just bizarre, what what happens in life sometimes. Hi, Scott. I was just wondering, do you see any space on TV for a new Star Trek series, and if so, Do I see what? Do you see the possibility of there being a new Star Trek series on TV? Uh I don't know. Um you know the movie was so successful and I thought rightfully so, I thought it was a brilliantly done movie. Um and I thought guys in it are, are great and was well directed and, and just very exciting. The people that love Star Trek to be quite honest all got fired while I was there uh, and I don't think it was because of me. Um, but everybody at the studio at the time that was just crazy about Star Trek and had been there for years and years, they all left. So everybody that shepherded the the Star Trek television end of it all left. So I don't know. And I think obviously that the the movie is such a huge success for them, and I'm sure the next ones will also be. I think they're just going to focus probably on the film side of it for a long time. Um. There was a feeling, certainly, when, it, when we went off the air that, that uh, there'd been enough Star Trek on TV for a while, uh, whether you believe that or not. So um, I, I, have, I haven't heard any rumblings about any TV shows, more Star Trek on TV, anyway, for a while. Yes? Nice and. You were mentioning about the movies there. I was just wondering how you felt when they made reference to killing Porthos <laughs> in the recent Star Trek film. <laughs> they didn't say killing him. They said there was an incident, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I, he, he did the rematerialize after a battle. Well, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> People think I'm dead on chop too, but yeah. you never know. Right? You know, I was in the theater watching that movie uh, with my t- two of my sons, and I—that line—I had no idea that was coming, and it came out, and I was like, "Did I just? What did I? Did I just hear that?" And I turned to my sons and I said, "Did you just hear?" it? And they shushed me. So. It wasn't, until, it wasn't until after that I went out and started making phone calls that I, I I couldn't quite believe my ears. That's as close as I got to being in that movie. Yeah. St. Pornos is more famous than me again. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm going to get that dog. Yes. Hello. Oh. Okay. Um I love seeing you on Desperate Housewives. Thank you. Um, can you tell us something? How you got the role and how you liked it, and whether that your name was Trip on that show is a coincidence or not. Uh, Terry who created that show, and we had talked for years about me being on the show and it never worked out and, and I thought it was not ever going to happen and then they called right at the end of the last five episodes and asked me to come along and Marcia Cross had done a Quantum Leap episode when she was a baby so I knew Marcia, and I knew Terry Hatcher it was in the second episode of Quantum Leap years ago so uh, I was excited to go and, and do that and then I got the script and indeed my character's name was Trip and I, I, th- I thought about calling them and I thought, well, they know, they must know this. So I showed up the first day of shooting and I said, just before we start, you, are we okay? Does everybody get that I did a series and one of the other leads of the show was named Tripp? And, and they went, oh, really? And I said, yeah. And then they went, no, I think that's cool. So I said it's fine with me. I thought it was great. I always—I I didn't play it as Connor, but I—but uh, it was a nod to Connor, though. So it was all good. I had a great time on that show. Thanks. Okay. Over to your left. Now we come to this side. Hello there. Um, I just want to say I've had a crush on you since I was about <coughs> twelve, watching you on Quantum Leap. So. Thank it's you. Amazing to see you in real life. Thank you. And uh, you mentioned yesterday. Something like that. I mean, was it hard to assimilate the whole Star Trek fandom universe when you we were first sort of brought into it as Captain Archer? Well, I think it's important to note there is nothing like the Star Trek universe. Nothing, nothing at all. There is nothing like a Star Trek fandom group. But I, I, I actually, I, I'm glad you brought that up because. Last night, when I wasn't sleeping, I was thinking about that how I'd answer that question last night, and I realized that prior to the Comic Con in San Diego, we'd had a very early uh, Quantum Leap um, convention in Los Angeles. And, uh, and that was organized by the fans and so that was really a, my first experience and I was thinking about Patrick saying that when he first came out here it was like he felt like staying last night at his first uh, convention. And I have to say that when Dean and I first, when we did the very first convention, you, it's like you can do no wrong and uh it's it's a little it's completely uh inflates your ego beyond anything you can imagine because everyone there is so delighted to be there and happy to see you and they think you're hysterically funny and uh, they have crushes on you from when they were 12 and you know you just it's like a win-win-win-win situation um it's it's has no relationship to reality at all and, and and that's a lovely thing sometimes you know so um this whole experience in science fiction has just been just so remarkable and unique and uh and appropriate for me because Ironically, I never thought I would be an actor, a professional actor when I was growing up and yet if I had to go back then and say what area of work would I like to be known for, it would have been science fiction because I I love science fiction so it's just been, you know, I, I worked last fall, I did a play here in London and Frank Oz directed it and I was, you know, I was just in awe the whole time that I was working with Yoda, you know, and, which he hates. <laughs> It hates, you can't ask him to do Yoda. You can't ask him to do Miss Piggy. He won't. To, you know. But you know, I, I can just say, I love Little Shop of Horrors is one of my favorite movies. So I, I, I love you for that. But I just—I never dreamed that I would be in this world, and, and as the reception has been remarkable, and it's been—we've been together for years now, and uh, it, it's just a great, a great relationship, and um, and I and I don't take it for granted. Uh, I. My whole career ultimately on television is because of Quantum Leap. And the only reason Quantum Leap made it on television in the United States and then it got around the world is because back then, fans could write letters to the network And our fans in the United States wrote letters to the network and made a difference. And so instead of being canceled after six episodes, we made 97 episodes of Quantum Leap because of the fans. So I never forget why I'm here. You know, it doesn't happen, yeah. I'm a a wonderful actor in my own house by myself. But uh, we, need, we need each other, and uh, I'm extremely grateful that it's been perpetuated and carried on through the whole Star Trek franchise. So I, I deeply thank you all for that. Yes. Hello, Scott. Just very briefly to thank you very much for recognizing all the people sitting at the back. <laughs> who are here as well as them at the front. Anyway, our great fan of uh, Quantum Leap, my favourite episode, is Captain Galaxy. And there you are as future boy. And, And wow, you became the future at the beginning of the thing. So, I don't know, it's great for me. How do you feel about that episode and how it links to Star Trek? Because it was just fabulous. Right? I love. I loved that episode. Um, Richard and I had a ball together with that. We just, every time I see him, he's always like, future boy! And, and, we, and we laugh about it. Unfortunately, my strongest memory about that episode was that I dislocated my foot on the episode prior to that. And uh, so I had a broken foot and uh, we, we didn't have it. I never had any days off, uh, so to speak, on that show. So it wasn't like, oh, go shoot Dean for a couple of days, because he was on the golf course and he didn't work, like to work that much. So, uh, you know, I, we rode it into the first day of shooting that as I came out of the little capsule and walked down the steps, I fell. So that I could then live through the rest of the episode while my broken foot was healing, because it was the bone was dislocated and they 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 popped it back in, but it was still pretty pretty messed up for a while. So that's kind of my, my strongest memory of that episode. Except now, of course, the irony that it was a a, a, a TV show about fake space travel uh, leads me here today to this question, which is very very cool. Thanks for putting that together. Um, can you tell us what you've been working on recently and what you might have in development Can you can share with us today? Uh, let's see, I just, uh, I, before I, I just flew here from New York, I just finished, I've been wanting to do the show for years and I just got an invitation to do Law & Order SVU with uh, Mariska Hargitay. So, uh, you're clapping, you won't like my character. But it's Law & Order. So just think, John Edwards and that'll, that'll tell you what's going on. But, uh, so I just did that. Uh, I just finished, prior to that, I was happily involved in another Steven Soderbergh, uh, Matt Damon project. Uh, we did the Informant together years ago. And I just finished uh, Behind the Candelafra, which is the Liberace story, with Michael Douglas as Liberace, and Matt Damon as his uh, young lover. And uh, I was the uh, man who provided Matt Damon, I introduced Matt Damon's character to uh, Michael Douglas, to Liberace. That was a blast. In the 1970s, I got long hair, mustache, and fabulous clothes, lots of chains. It was was a good uh, memory back down. That's on HBO, that's coming out. Actually here, it'll be a feature. Um, In the States, it'll be out on HBO in uh, the spring. And then prior to that, I did, uh, I shot an independent film called Snap. Um, Crazy, horror, psycho, Uh, Jake Hoffman, uh, Dustin Hoffman's son is the star of it. And uh, I got to uh, mess around with those guys for a while, so that was fun. So I have no idea when that's coming out, they're trying to get that to some festivals. So that's the kind of latest. And uh, as soon as I leave here on Monday, I'm going back to look for a job you have a job for me? No, you have a question. I have a question. Hi Scott. Huh. Uh, I really enjoyed um, watching you on uh, William Shepard's documentary, The Captains. There seemed to be a real chemistry between the two of you on the screen. I wondered if that carried on off, off screen and what it was like for you to meet William Shepard. Uh, the, the Captains was a great experience for me. Ironically, Bill and I had never met. So that moment where we meet is true. It's not pretend. Um, we'd been many places, we'd kind of been ships in the night for years, I'd been dying to meet him. I didn't think he was avoiding me, but that, as I look back on it now, maybe he was. Um, but, you know, we'd be at a premiere or something, you know, and you'd, I'd look across and I'd see he's getting his picture taken, and, and then somebody would talk to me and I'd look back and he'd be gone, you know. And I didn't see any kind of a flip phone or anything out in his hand, so. Um, he and said, I want to do this thing, we're doing the captains, we've never met, and here's what I want to do, I, want to, I just want to meet Scott on camera. So I showed up at his, one of his horse places, his horse farms, and I was getting made up in a barn, literally in a barn. See, it, it all seems glamorous, show this. So glamorous. And, and I and I see this big flurry of activity across the way, and it's Bill and a camera crew and lights and everybody, and they're setting up the shot, and he's screaming at everybody, let's go, we gotta get going, let's go, come on, move that over there, get over there. And I'm starting to get nervous, and he's, he's mad about something, and, it, and it, it may carry over into this interview. He, he may be mad at me. I don't know. So we line up, and I walk. It's literally was like, you know, the, uh, an old gunfight at the OK Corral kind of thing. And we, you know, or Clint Eastwood kind of. And I'm at the one end of that path, and he's at the other end. And we just started walking towards each other. And he never, right to the moment of action, and he's yelling action too, because he's, you know, you know Bill, he's running the whole damn show. And, it, and he's like, get that, we've got to go. Let's Let's go! Let's go! Action! And the closer we got to each other, the more we both started to laugh, and and that's how we met. And we, you know, we we've, we've done a bunch of stuff since then together. And you know, people talk about who would you, who would you like to meet in the business? Who would you like to? I, we haven't worked together. See, that's another thing. I did Boston Legal. I was on there for a week. Our schedule never overlapped. We didn't have one scene together, and we—I ne- never saw him the whole time. So that—that that, again was prior to him. But I got to meet him and get to know him. He's—he's a—he's a, a, a wonderful guy. He's a great interviewer. I love being interviewed by him. And uh, we've had a lot of laughs. We've been to a few different places now together. And um, I just—I think the world of him. And uh, it's—it's been—it it's, was a good thing. It was well worth the wait. Thank you for the question. We're back in the front, alright. I'm We have through that, but we have to draw things to a close. We've got to get some questions in the front though. We've we got questions in the front the right? uh, well. Well, just one more. You've got to give me warning. I gotta one, more say, one, one more question. Yeah. Come on. Give everybody like warning. Yes. Greetings from Starfleet Academy in San Francisco. Thank you. Hello San Francisco. When I first heard about this convention, it was advertised as the first time all five captains would be together and now it's advertised as the first European appearance. Was there one in the U.S. that I missed? Yes, it was a little closer. It wasn't in San Francisco, so you're okay. It was in Philadelphia. Yes, it was. And that's the only other time we've been together. And I have no idea if we'll ever be together again. So I hope you're all enjoying this time because it's very rare that everybody's schedule can work out. um, And... uh, yeah, I think it's just it's kind of cool to just see, you know, look across and see the five of us sitting up here. I think I'm I'm kind of in awe about it, so I hope you all are enjoying it, and, and I'm glad you came all the way from San Francisco. It's fun to be over here anyway. I mean I love Philly, but this is pretty great over here. So thanks for making the trip. All right. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here. You're awesome. Get back out been listening to the TrekMate Podcast. Would you like to get a hold of us? Visit TrekMate.org.uk and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to all-hands battle station. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. This is a tall ship and a star. To steer by. I don't want excuses. I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, star date thirty five forty one point nine. Program complete. Enter when ready.